This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. We say things that don't mean anything, but thanks for listening. Yeah. Hey everybody, Suns fan here with Cinder, and we got We Say Things episode 127 here. Good effort, good effort, everyone. Oh, that's that's a good effort. I got to turn off my Twitch sounds. Do the rest of the intro, Cinder, and while I turn this off, we're not redoing this take. Did you actually notice? <laughs> I'm so glad that happened at the beginning because I would definitely have forgotten here. You're gonna get belch bombed. Don't belch. Good effort. Nobody everyone. used the. <laughs> Nobody use it. I'm gonna belch. I'm belching. Don't I'm belching. do it. You're gonna make people so angry. <laughs> Damn it, Cinderin. You <laughs> You've done it now, you piece of shit. Now so many Good people effort. are Good not effort, everyone. I literally can't find okay, I found it. Right, give me just a moment here. And sounds are now off. <laughs> This has got to be a top three intro. Just in the last second, you got the second belch in. All right. So that is the best intro that we've done. Make sure you check out Uh, Sunspan's Twitch channel. It has a lot of great sounds. (laughs) Uh, It's We Say Things 127, uh, sponsored by Manscaped. Uh, As usual, we're going to read exactly what they've written because they do such a good job of just capturing the moment. This holiday season, I'm giving thanks to our friends at Manscaped. Do I tell my extended family that I have this performance package 4.0 from the global leaders in below the waist grooming? Not to mention it includes their lawnmower 4.0 trimmer to tame my bush and score brownie points with the in-laws. What the fuck? Is that <laughs> that's actually what they wrote? <laughs> Gift yourself Manscaped or the man in your life who needs it. Join the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with 20% off and free shipping with the code we say things by going to the link that we have in the description. Um, as we've talked about before, you have the product on screen, Cinderin. Could you show Here it? Here it please? is. Hello. This Beautiful. is the lawnmower. Yes, this is made Very for good. the testis sexual areas, like I like to call it. Uh, I would testis- recommend. I don't think anyone calls them that. I used to call it testis sexuals back in the day. Um, I had I've an never issue, Cinderin. As I've said before, where I have cut myself in the past, and I think the main reason for that is because uh, I'm not very good at grooming myself, (laughs) but also uh, I was using a product that wasn't for my testicles, uh, but this one is. So I would highly recommend those that uh, need something like that, check out their line of products, which they have a lot more stuff coming out soon, which will show in a couple weeks, I'm sure. And yeah, you can support them. You can support us, and supporting them... uh, Again, means a lot to us because, well, it's us after all. Man, I'm doing a really good job of selling this, but no. I like it. Uh, the reason I, mean, I like Manscaped with a lot of these sponsors that we come through, that because they support esports. They have a lot of sponsorships for a lot of esports podcasts, and uh, it's good to support companies like that. So, again, 20% off and free shipping with the code we say things. 
uh, in the link in the description. So thank you. On manscaped.com. Manscaped.com. Subscribe. Subscribe. Okay, so Patreon Jan- shout Jan- out and start us out. Bef- before before we follow up. Yeah. Can we can we address the in-laws thing? <laughs> yeah, I don't know what the <laughs> How is that what they wrote? Which state? <laughs> Alabama. Which state is manscaped from where you get brownie <laughs> points with the in-laws for trimming your genitals? Like you know, I know I'm not very comfortable talking to you about this because I, you know, having sex with your daughter, but my testicles are very smooth. I just want to let you know. I am very impressed with you, young man. Please. I have a brownie. Okay. So please, Patreon okay. shout out, Cinder, and thank you. I, I love their text as always, but that one's a bit fucked up. I'm not going to lie. All right. Anyway, that's what made it so good. Our In Bruges tier. Patreons, of course, if you guys want to support us via Patreon, it's patreon.com slash we say things. And the highest tier being the in Bruce tier gets shout out every episode. And this list is so long, uh, which is both amazing and horrifying at the same time, because it means that, yeah, you guys listen to this. But you paid for it. You get what you you get what you wanted. So here we go. People choose very interesting nicknames here. My name is not John Killinen. I'm assuming this is a movie reference that I don't get. Send how much for you to cast one of my stupid, I mean awesome pups, one million dollars. Fithak. Games for falling asleep unironically thinks that Dota 2 can grow to millions of players with more aggressive marketing. Do you mean marketing in general? Because that would probably help. Uh, <laughs> Zaddy Sova, Flozy B, Disco Farm D, Vincent Darksey, hashtag justice underscore for underscore Marcy underscore and underscore her underscore now underscore nerfed underscore pocket underscore PKB. <gasps> Semper Pi. Akuna Matata, the guy in the chair, Commander Donut, Suns fans, fan, and Cinderman's man. Oh, nice. Brad Sheeran says there's a 1.002% chance for Suns and Sin to get every SAP question wrong eight weeks in a row. Yep, we did great. Jakar, Dubai, Dublin, and the Mega Pope. Thank you also to We Have Been in Lockdown for 85 Days and It's Not Fun, Read Reaper Yet, TI in New Zealand. I have, I'm currently reading it. I'm very slow. Zan Xavier, Nate Thicko Zero One Hamscroats, Bacon, Biting My Dad's Ass Like a Wolf Bited Tiny with Echo Saber Until He Wears a Triple H Costume for Halloween. Shark that impresses TM, the in-laws. Novi Panda, Dop, Nothing to See Here, Underscore Man, Ben Broomhead Hates How They Removed the Button to Add All Your Loading Screens to the Shuffle Five Years Ago, and It's Still Gone. Pitch Black, Wooden Aftertaste, Done Talk, Anonymous, Cinderin, Sultry Singing Soothe My Saddened Soul for 30 USD. Peter, all patents on fire hydrants were destroyed because of the U.S. Patent Office burned to the ground in 1836. Nibling. Hmm. Perka initiation, running into other We Say Things patrons in pubs is fun. Thank you, friends. We appreciate that uh, seven-minute intro now that we're getting up to. Appreciate Good job. And we're still not done because NBA, Cinder, and this is going to be my oh, one no. pre-Dota-related stuff. I'm actually not going to talk about this too much because we talked about it a couple weeks ago. Uh, Robert Sarver, the owner of the Phoenix Suns, I told you that he was accused of some things. And they initially came out with a... What what do you want to call it? It's like a... We're sorry. No, no. It was more like... Because the article wasn't released yet. They're trying to get ahead of it. So they... Okay, something's going to be coming out very soon. It's not true, blah, 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 right? It's like people, the opposite of a hype announcement. <laughs> people were expecting it to come out like within a day or two. It, it took like two and a half weeks, but 
the day after our last podcast, it came out, and it's quite long, and it interviews around 70 people who claim that our owner of the Phoenix Suns has been racist in the past, has used the N-word multiple times. He's white, by the way, as you would expect. Um, ha- creates a terribly hostile work environment for women, and not just women, just in general, uh, but particularly for women. Just a whole laundry list of like things that happened. But after reading it, I'm going to say this. There's two parts to me. There's two things here, right? Number one, I've been wanting him to be removed as the owner forever because he's just not competent at being an owner since he took over, which I can go off that, but we're going to keep that separate. The other part, so one owner has ever in the history of the NBA been removed, and it was Donald Sterling of the Clippers, so I think I mentioned this before. Mm -hmm. He said the N-word and was like racist and stuff, but it was on tape. And not just that, that wasn't enough, by the way, to just remove him. His ex-wife was the one that gave that to the NBA when they're doing the investigation. And she had the power to basically say that he was not competent to do, like, I forget what the wording is, but does not have the uh, ability. uh, It's almost like a dementia thing, whatever whatever the terminology is. I can't remember exactly. All those things had to align for him to get removed. So after reading this article of Robert Sarver, it's mostly he said, he said, she said. There's no definitive proof. Maybe, you know, a lot of eyewitnesses. Is that enough proof? Maybe. I mean, I th- I'm sure most of it is true, honestly. But mm-hmm. regardless, I do not think that it is enough to remove him. So what the NBA is going to do is their own internal investigation, which I'm hoping more people come out to be right. able to accelerate this process and make it more of a done deal. But as it stands, even though the article is just awful to read, it just, it ain't happening, I don't think, sadly. What uh, a great, yeah. What a great system. So that is, it is what it is. You know, billionaire uh, owners in, in the US. Okay. So let's get started with the news of the week. They're actually, it's a slightly light in that department. What is but surface? Up. I'm skipping that on purpose because we don't have time to talk about. It. I'll talk about it next week. Surface next week. All right. For those of you who are curious about Surface, I bought a Surface Pro Eight. Not interesting. Let's move on. And no, I'm going to review it, and I'll do okay. it next week. Okay. 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 Thanks for the spoiler. So that's great. It's a pre-announcement. <laughs> Speaking of a pre-announcement, uh, Slacks and Purge have announced that they will be doing an ability draft tournament. This Ooh. weekend. And at first, I wasn't interested in reading the post because Slacks just goes off on like 10 paragraphs that nobody wants to read. But then Purge does a nice thing and makes some bullet notes. So basically what it comes down to is there's going to be a tournament on Saturday, 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific. Uh, Ability Draft, obviously, is going to be on the Moonduck TV channel. And it will be cast by Purge and Slacks. It'll have a $2,400 prize pool. It's going to be hosted on Faceit so anybody can sign up. Up to 64 teams, first come, first serve, single limb. So essentially what this is is kind of like a test bed to see if... I'll say we because I was slightly involved a few months ago in trying to get something started, but then didn't. So just letting Purge do the rest now. Uh, to see if this is something people would want to see in like an actual bigger tournament like like an elimination mode type style thing right like a 50k um, whatever 
there's basically a really dedicated ability draft community, which I think a lot of people playing the game aren't aware of. Like they're just playing, you know, regular Dota. But there's like some truly hardcore players in uh, in a small community that have unbelievable amounts of games of ability draft. Like they've played way more games of ability draft than other game modes, which to me is kind of crazy when you think about it. But they appreciate like the game mode itself is really fun. It has a lot of potential and it could do so many things. Um, and that people fall in love with the mode that much that they play it more than regular Dota is amazing, right? It's just, yeah. it's kind of crazy. It's it's kind of a mod in a way almost, even though it isn't really. Get what I mean? Like yeah, they're playing it, that more than, I think than it's hard, normal it, Dota, if you will. So It's hard to get into, and that's saying something for Dota. Because yeah. you get into <laughs> it, like you play it, and the theory behind it's really cool. And when you play it, okay, this is cool. But the problem is you're playing against people that are really good <laughs> most of the time because yeah. the audience is so small. And like you said, they're so dedicated. Um, Shannon, can I just say, I think the prize pool distribution is pretty good. So wow. that, I'm going to clap to that. That almost never happens that I feel like a prize distribution is well done in Dota. Well, um, when Moonduck does Actually, it, maybe that's not true, but sometimes it does. Hmm. Um, too, too little of the time do I like the prize distribution. This is a well done one. 1,000 for first, 500 for second, 250 for third, fourth, and 100 for fifth, eighth. For a tournament of this size, this is very well done. Good job, whoever put up the prize distribution. Who else would it be other than Purge? I don't know, but good job, Purge. Purge is a smart guy. <laughs> yes, good he, job. Um, he knows what's up. So it could yeah. have been Slacks. Maybe he just randomed it and got uh -huh. lucky. It's true. Broken clock is right twice a day, as they say. Uh, so yeah, I, I would like to see, I mean, I, I wouldn't, like, again, I, I was trying to get something started with an ability draft tournament, and it makes more sense for Purge to be the one doing it anyway. Um, but I hope it takes off, and I hope people like it, because I think it's something that is niche or niche, just depending on how you want to pronounce it, Cinderin. Depending but, on whether you want to be right or wrong. I mean, again. Just like gif or jif. Okay, which one's right for that? Jif. Okay. I agree. Yes. I agree it's Jif. But Time to trigger half if, of the comments. This is you, how you get interaction on YouTube. Very you said, radical uh, statement. That's true. If you said niche in the US, it would technically be wrong, though. You realize that. So you're correct, Why? and I'm correct. Because the English, US English dictionary, it is niche. I see. Okay, just so like it's Abaddon. Use a different, so if you use it, let's say you use a British pronunciation in the U.S., it's incorrect. That's right. Okay. Unless you're British. Understood. Then there's right. at least some reason <laughs> oh, for that, right? <laughs> but for you, it's different so, because you're not British. You speak English. So you English. get a pass if you're British, but if you're not, you have to speak American English. Yeah. So for okay. you, when okay. you're in Europe, you say niche. If you say niche, it's incorrect. But if you ever come visit me, you better say fucking niche or else you're getting kicked out of this house. Okay. Okay. Just letting you know ahead of time. Fortunately, I don't use this word very often, so I have good odds of staying. Well, it is quite a niche word as well. I agree. So, yeah. Oh. Meta. Next thing on the list, Cinderin, new DPC rules were posted on the TI10 website, which is now the Not TI. Not really much yep. announcement to them though. It was so, there. This they is the thing. Soundly got added. Yeah, I think they just added a couple things, and I don't even know if they're done yet. It just says it was updated on November 9th. And not that many additions, mm -hmm. but I guess some of the big changes, if you want to call them big. Um, so number one, there's not going to be TI qualifiers, right? Um, oh. Or 
not sorry, there's not going to be open qualifiers for TI this time. So if you put mm-hmm. together a team at the last minute like Envy does every year, ain't happening. You're not allowed to do that. So that's a good change. Um, and then the other one is the point distribution has changed a bit. We I know there's didn't some... have open qualifiers. La- sorry about that, but we didn't have open qualifiers for TI10 either, right? Actually, that does sound right. So I don't think I... we did. We had, but the only teams that were in qualifiers were people were teams that had enough points in the DPC league to not make it, but be considered for qualification. So mm. all of the teams that didn't make it through the direct qualifier uh, or just on points uh, from Division One were in the TI qualifiers, I believe. So. So there will be open the same, qualifier just... for Division Two spots, apparently. I don't. So why is this big news then? What am I yeah, missing here? I'm... Either way, might uh, have added some like it might be because they added a an asterisk thing with how many players you can replace in your roster or something like that, right? Right. Probably that. I don't remember the rules by heart from last season. I have to admit, so I'm not a hundred percent sure what's See, changed. That here. that was the issue I was having when reading a site. Is I don't remember any of the details i had to ask chat Mm. like what's the difference um but essentially the big thing that people are complaining about right now is the one thing that was not changed was if you win a regional qualifier or a region essentially and get to the major you automatically go into the upper bracket still right which was kind of a true big deal but I believe you're getting less points. The the points scale based on how close we are to TI, which I don't think they did. Again, I don't remember all of the details. I think that's changed, right? So as you're getting closer right to here, TI, I think, the points if I'm not are mistaken. larger. For the 21-22 season, both majors and regional leagues will grant variable amounts of, D- amounts of DPC points with the earlier tournaments granting less points than later ones. The leagues are worth a total of 690, 920, 1150 points. This reads like a fucking changelog to a hero. Uh, and the majors are worth a total of 1,900, 2,700, and 3,500 points. So roughly, majors are now worth about... A major first place is about three times a regional one, and last season it was equal. So it's a massive change. Uh, getting high placements is worth so much more in the majors. And realistically speaking, if you get... Let's say you get a first place in the first major and get 1,900 points there... Mm-hmm. it's almost impossible not to qualify to TI still, I think. A major victory almost has you in, even if it's the first one. But I think the goal here for Valve is to ensure that even if that is the case, it is the case for only one team instead of like two or three teams just being able to rest on their laurels until TI because yeah. they got any top three placement at a major. At this point, it's probably only the first place. And mathematically speaking, they're not safe either uh, from winning the first one. Last season you were, I think. So it's a good change, I think, yep. overall. I don't know I if like the numbers it. are great. I mean, do you think that they needed to change the upper bracket thing as well in addition, or do you think this is enough? I think so. I, I find that a bit... Honestly, I just find it bogus. Like, what's... If there's a... Let's imagine there's a huge power difference between the regions. Why should the team that qualifies from an easy region get a, a free ticket to the upper bracket if they get crushed there? Uh, and vice versa. If you're from a really strong region, you might not be very good at cross-regional play, and that's what international tournaments are about. So you just get like a free pass because you beat How would Chinese you teams give, as a Chinese uh, team or European teams as a European team or so on and so forth. I mean, some benefit is like you got to give them something, right? What, what would you give a team that wins their qualifier, like their region? 
Um, why, why should they get more than just more points? So that's just, what they're they, getting. You that's just what you... think points is enough, then? I'm, I'm just so. asking. I... That's what you're getting for winning. You get more points. That's super valuable, right? Yeah. Yeah, if the difference, if you want to make it really meaningful and matter a lot that you get first over second, make first give significantly more ranking points than second, which I don't have a problem with in that case because the brunt of points are still at the international events. So let's say let's say it's 690. That's what the leagues are worth a total of, it says here, right? Um, let's say you gave 400 of those points to the first place team from the region. They would have a massive advantage if it ever came down to like a, a close battle for who goes to TI. Their win in the regional league would matter. But any team that goes to the major with them can easily dwarf them by placing two or three places higher than them. Mm. I think that would... That seems okay to me, uh, at least as an idea. But I think even if even if it's just a, a decently sizable amount of points difference between first and second, it's definitely worth playing for it. And I think that's that's it. Like, if you think about the past when you qualify for TI or for majors, no team has had an inherent advantage, right? Until last season, every time we went to a major, teams would qualify, and then everyone started on a level playing field. I guess you would get a stronger seed as well, but that's a little bit difficult to say how good that is because teams vary so much in strength of tournaments. But theoretically speaking, being first out of your region should also give you a better seed. Uh, there definitely groups. wasn't any major thing that you got. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we'll see. And if you can they make more prize money. But again, for the teams, they're probably going to. That, that's probably the lowest motivator almost, unless you make the prize money really sizable in the regionals because. Mm such a huge chunk of the money is at the majors and TI anyway that it just in comparison it's not much for the top teams. Yeah. So either way, mostly good changes. We'll see how yep, it plays for sure. out and if they add anything more. Roster okay, locks happen November twenty first. That's worth keeping in mind. It's a week and a half away from now. Yeah. Okay. So that's a good segue. Let's talk about more shuffle stuff, which again, we're ten days away from that and we still don't have too much information. This is the literal first time this has happened, I think. It's been three weeks since TI, barely hearing anything. A lot of the stuff is still, quote-unquote, rumors. Maybe it's all true. Things that are written down on Reddit, not 100% on this. Uh, some things yeah. that we can definitively talk about. Quincy Crew has announced their roster. It'll be Yawar. This is from 1 to 5. Yawar, CCNC, Kezu, who was previously the coach for TI, uh, Milan, and Ponlo, who I think, isn't that the guy that stood in for MSS, the major that he got covid the first I major. I don't Singapore remember major. that. What I do know, Ponlo is a 10K MMR player support from SEA. Yeah, uh, that sounds That's right. what I know. I don't know very much about the guy. Uh, from what I gather, he's Paulison. kind of polarizing. Okay, it's close. It started with a P. Oh, uh, it was Paulison, Paulison. right. Yeah. I, I think Ponlo <laughs> is kind of polarizing what I've gathered. Not in terms of like people think he's an ass or anything like that, but uh, Wait, from what I understand, just... From what I've read, a lot of people don't think he's very good, and a lot of people do think he's very oh. good. So it's interesting. Like there, there are players like this, which I find fascinating when you think about it. Where, uh, whether it's based on your own anecdotal experience playing with them in pubs or whatever, there's just some players that are very polarizing in terms of skill as well, right? Like I don't think many people would argue Zai is a bad player, right? Mm. But then you have players like Ponlo or like Kezu, for example, who get a bad rap for some reason, like. Obviously, people can have bad performances in individual tournaments. Same, same for someone like CCNC, right? There's just players that are really fucking good that a lot of people just think are bad. And it, it, that's just fascinating to me, right? Mm -hmm. And it's probably because you 
cling to specific moments where the players made mistakes that might have been game losing, but losing a game does not make you a bad player, and making a game losing mistake does also not make you a bad player. It's about how high the level of consistency is, right? Right. Um, and for sure, some some players are definitely better than others in that in that um, area of play, but it, it's interesting, right? When you build teams in a game like this, how much also the players themselves, how much the reputation of the player matters. Um, obviously that makes a lot of sense. It's the same in any sport or whatever. But I think sometimes the reputation of a player can can be clearly worse than the player is. Um, well, here's an interesting okay. example. <clears throat> Correct me if you think I'm wrong on this. I think before, which TI was it? Before TI8, mm-hmm. Seb was the coach of uh, OG. And I think most people within not just the community, as in like the random people like us, but mm-hmm. players as well thought Seb was washed up for yeah. years. For That's years. That's a really great example. And then just like that, one tournament, 180. And he's a completely god. Completely different. Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny, right? Like, and people, he's such a great example to look at because like he retired to do talent work, right? Um, He's retired and, like five point, times. <laughs> oh, I don't, I don't know how many times that point. I think that was honestly the first one. But anyway, like he, he stopped playing actively to coach and do talent work, et cetera, et cetera. And, and in the meantime, he was grinding the EU ladder and he got to rank one, I think, on the EU ladder. And people still thought he wasn't very good. You don't get rank one on the ladder without being good. It's just not possible unless you buy a rank one account. We'll get to that. But... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. just it just doesn't happen okay so <laughs> that that again it's just fascinating right like and you're right it was even among the pros that people were like nah man he's not that good it's just like maybe they played against him in lane one or two games and they were like ah he's not as good as the superstar mid laners but that's not what makes a great player you don't you're not like you're oversimplifying it if you look at one aspect in a pub game to determine whether a player is world class right mm-hmm and that is one of honestly one of the things about true sight that i think changed the pro scene the most is how much pro teams understood the value of what happens outside of the game i actually think it was a meta changer uh for how players are valued uh, the first um i think that the first hurt, true sight cuz they think, saw how much seb did for that team right. in that documentary and players need to see it first before they believe it right i but think the whole, that like, hurt og team aspect changed. what do you think theoretically yeah because then people are trying Possibly. to do what they're doing, right? And they don't right. really know much about it. But True Sight gave some, gave some, gave some uh, True Sight, I guess. Well, they did win the next year as well. So that was there a was fluke, some catching though. up to Remember, do, the second okay. one was a right. fluke. Right? That was a, okay, but not the first one. <laughs> if, if any of them was a fluke, it was the first one. I think. The second one, they just dumpstered everyone, basically, yeah. in the playoffs. But uh, Okay, so a couple uh, more shuffle stuff that I want to talk about. Number one, uh, OG. I mean, we kind of knew that this was coming to a degree at least because Sumail was rumored to be on another roster, but mm-hmm. officially has left. And Soxa, oh, has, Soxa right? yeah. has left as well. And <clears throat> there was a clip of him on his stream where somebody was asking him, I forget what the, what, what the wording was actually, but he insinuated, implied that he did not leave and was kicked. But I have known, oh, I've known Soxa for quite a while. And I could see it meaning that, or I could see it as him being like sarcastic. So I I don't think it's hundred percent confirmed, but 
most people are saying that he was kicked, which hmm. sounds weird, honestly, because their roster's in shambles. Why would you kick Sox? He's like a god-tier yeah, position four. Uh, either way, he's not on OG anymore, so he's a free agent. I'm sure somebody's going to pick him up real quick. Yep. Um, and then the last thing I wanted to talk about, Cinderin, was this drama between Elephant and Aster. So apparently, I'm going to just try and sum this up as fast as I can. Apparently, there was some transactional issues where... Um, Again. Yes, shocker, where Aster wanted to take Somnus. They wanted to purchase Somnus, but not the rest of the roster from mm-hmm. Elephant. And I don't know what screwed up here, but boils down to Elephant is now holding essentially their players hostage under, you know, whatever contract that they're in right now. So that's kind of the drama that's going on between Elephant and Astron for the Chinese scene as a whole. So we'll probably get updates on this. Do you have any thoughts? Because again, we don't have like all well, the details yet. But yeah. Don't have all the details, and there might be some stuff lost in translation, etc. So I'm going to be a little bit careful to just take this at face value. But uh, what I will say is, based on the TI performance, I think Somnus is probably out of the lowest placing players at TI. He is the most attractive pickup for any team in their respective region. Hmm. He played super well. He had like some ridiculous stat at TI. I think. <clears throat> if I remember correctly, when we entered the playoffs, or maybe it was toward the end of the tournament, Somnus was part of, I think, eight out of nine of the first bloods in the mid lane, and he got seven of them himself. Just flat out one-on-one lane kills with no interaction from supports. Um, he was doing super well in lane every game. He had a great performance, and then the team just didn't really work very well, but he showcased insane individual skill, at least. Uh, which is obviously something very attractive. And he has tons of international experience, so yeah. <clears throat> when you're building your team now, you're not really concerned, uh, can Sumnus play on the big stage? Yes, he can play on the big stage. So There was no crowd, though, Cinderin. Um, that's true. There was no crowd, but... He was um, a beast. Yeah, he was very good. So I'm not surprised to see that an org would specifically want to target that one player from the roster without wanting necessarily the rest. That's not to say the other players played like shit, but uh, they just didn't stand out. I think that's fair to say, and he did. He stood out in a bad team, um, and that obviously makes you look really, really good. So, yep, um, I get it. See how it how it plays out in the end. Uh, I hope for Somnus that he, I mean, for all of the players really, that they don't get trapped in some sort of team they don't want to play in. That's miserable. Um, everybody, you know, you you understand the the work aspect of this. You're playing for money. You are in a contract, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But from the org's perspective as well, it's not <clears throat> it's not healthy to force players to play together if they have no synergy or no desire to, because then the results aren't going to come either. And you're basically just showing up to get your ass kicked and get your paycheck, and nobody really wants that. So, yep, agreed. Is there any other shuffle thing you want to talk about? Because a lot of it, a lot of it's not confirmed or not interesting, in my opinion. <laughs> um, right, and and I think so. I think last episode we highlighted some rumors. Um, I, I guess one thing we can say, which sparked some more rumors, if you remember, we talked about Jerex to EG as yeah. a rumor that people were like, there, that we were like, there's no way, right? Mm. Apparently, a little hint that some people noticed is that Jerex's Twitter header, he removed OG in the right. last week as his Twitter header, uh, which he has had the whole time. So 
Uh, that can mean multiple things. It could be a coincidence. It could mean he's joining another org. It can mean he's taking on a different role than a player entirely. Or he's uh, maybe trolling. He's another org. Maybe he's <laughs> fucking with the community because he's a funny guy. You know, it could be tons of different things. Maybe he's disassociating himself more with Dota. Um, maybe his contract with OG expired. Maybe it was for three years. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> like, could it could be, be yeah, all sorts of stuff. We'll so. see. Uh, we'll uh, I mean, that roster, it sounds crazy on paper, but I'd be worried about in-game leadership because they all seem so soft-spoken. Like, from a 4-5... Jarex and, and Crit, a support duo, is a wet dream for a lot of people, but I agree, I'm not sure how good it is. Maybe if you have... Um, maybe if they have a really strong voice in the coach, perhaps. Yeah, but they can't coach in-game, right? Right, but for the draft and for the overall setting of the team... Like these players, even if they're soft spoken, you don't necessarily need to like yell around like a monkey like Kyle does. It's not a requirement <laughs> to to go crazy and go ape shit in game. You can have like good structured calls and strategy. As long as the team's on the same page, nobody needs to be like super loud necessarily. It can be very very calm and to the point. So I like um, somebody being loud. It hypes me up. I, I get that, but different strokes for different folks, right? Like, not every team needs a hype man, necessarily. For a lot of teams, it's really good. I agree. Uh, a lot I of already know the really answer to this, but what if, if you were on a new roster today, yeah. you were yes. not the leader? You were position four, just mm-hmm. theoretically, and you have a position mm-hmm. five that would try to hype people up, like get loud. Right. Would you be able to respond to that, or are you too much of a robot? I would respond to that, for sure. Really? Yeah. <clears throat> Absolutely. <clears throat> for me, for me in competitive games, um, how to say, I, I think for a lot of players, myself included probably, it, it helps you get, you know, everybody's excited for important matches. You're always going to have nerves. And having that sort of like release or uh, having the feeling that the team rallies somehow can be really, really positive. Um, but like I said, I don't think everybody necessarily um, responds in the same way or responds positively to like hype yelling or whatever, uh, especially pregame, right? Like some teams have pregame rituals that I think some players might find like stupid or just, mm. but you do it for the team's sake, right? I, I think you get my point. Let's continue. Yes. I would love to see somebody try to hype you up. <clears throat> <laughs> All right. You'd be surprised, I think. I would be, yes. Let's it's move on. It's just because you never do anything that gets me hyped. So Let's move on to <laughs> yeah, casting lower bracket finals. Isn't hype enough for Cinder. He has to get that grand finals, guys, or else he's just not interested. It wasn't about the know? stake of the match. It was about who I was working with. It just oh. didn't, didn't get there. Okay, moving on uh, to the big story of the week. GPK. It's <laughs> just so comical. GPK and DM, apparently, I'll just, again, sum this up, have Mm. apparently sold a couple of their Smurf accounts to a Herald player, the same person who has bought them for allegedly between $10,000 to $15,000 or euros, I don't actually know. And the Herald player streamed these games. So... There is a bunch of drama now, as you would imagine. VP put out this. I'm going to just read their tweet, and then you give me your thoughts. Right. 
VP has always been committed to fair and open esports competition. We are saddened by the situation when a shadow falls on our players because of vague allegations, so we conducted our own investigation. Obviously, the common practice of training on different accounts due to the need to play on high ranks generates additional opaqueness in Dota 2. However, there is no reason to assume that current VP players conduct improper financial tra transactions with accounts. We urge the community to judge the credibility of rumors and anonymous tips. Such topics and scandals work only for esports media traffic, nothing else. Esports media traffic. That's our podcast, baby. Can I? Sorry. How much do you think, off the top of your head, VP oh. players get paid per month? Just a guess? Yeah. I don't know, 10K US? Okay. Maybe more? I was going to say... I don't know what the... The region isn't... Okay, obviously US, like for the top team like EG, five years ago, five years ago, they were getting paid 10K a month. Okay? Right. Those in the US. I'm Okay. I understand that, but they're probably getting like 15k now. I would assume, like it's just VP. Gone. No, EG. Okay. So I would assume VP are getting something like 10k. Let's say eight to 10k mm -hmm. a month. Right. They're like the, they're a huge org. Mm -hmm. Why would you sell? Why would you even? First of all, there's one part like where I, there's a portion of my brain that can understand. I would never do it. If you're like in a terrible like financial situation, selling your Smurf account for 10 to 15k could make sense on some level mm -hmm. but they're making good money <laughs> why the fuck would you do that that's so stupid it makes no sense what are your okay thoughts? so first of all i just want to clarify something because i think it's important right like i don't know uh i don't know who is the owner of these accounts and i don't know who did the transfer right just like basically everyone else this is still on a rumor level but yes. what we do know is the names of certain players that did play on these accounts at a given point in time. The reason DM's name is brought up on one account is that the first account that was sold was a Smurf account that he was sharing with a player called Ark. And I think maybe one or two other players, I'm not sure if it was only those two or others. And that account got sold. To my knowledge, the ownership of that account originally was with Ark. Uh, but, or well, he was the guy I remembered playing on it the most, but that doesn't even mean that he had the account originally. Imagine this. Let's say you're Ark's friend. Um, or let's say you're anyone. And you're like, hey, sure, I'll help you out. Hey, you can borrow my account and play on it. And then that person now needs money or doesn't give a fuck about Dota anymore. And they still have that account. Like, wow, Ark played this up to 10k. I wonder what I can sell it for. And then they can just pocket an easy money for letting pro players train on their account, essentially. That is not out of the question that that's the case here. Because yeah. a lot of the times the Smurf accounts that pros have are not a second account they made themselves because they can't be fucking bothered with getting 100 ranked games in or whatever you need to be or 100 games to be able to play ranked they're going to grab another account where they don't have to play that entire grind that is in there for a reason so that it isn't appealing to make smurfs so they'll get another account and play on that one right um so they don't in most cases i think don't really own their smurf accounts they just play on a different account that's not theirs so that could be sold by a third party in this case um and then the that, GPK that account, possibility. similarly, don't really know. I don't know if, again, if that's his account or if it's someone else's. I know for a fact that uh, a Russian top player was playing on an ex, I don't know if it was an ex-commentator or an ex-community organizer or whatever uh, in the CIS region as well. So that person also has an account that's super high rating that was a Smurf. Uh, so they would still have access to that account. I think that account is even really high level outside of Dota and has a lot of shit on it. So 
it's obviously a lot of trust you put in the player that you just let play on your account because what if they do something outrageous and you get banned you just lose all your shit mm. um but people do that as favors to pros um so just want to just want to clarify that because i think it's important that people don't look at these smurf accounts as oh you are person a who has three accounts and they're all just yours because if it's that it's super obvious like then it's just like what the fuck are you doing um these pro players should obviously not be ranking up accounts to high level and then selling them um we could even discuss to begin with if having a smurf account in general should even be allowed at all uh when valve changed the ruling it was that you are not allowed to make new accounts now but from what i understand everybody who had an account in the past that is their own is allowed to keep it and play it as a smurf right. so they're trying to like how is it they're trying to they're trying to prevent the problem from expanding but they're not culling it entirely because they, I think the pro players probably had a say in that, that they would be very upset if they weren't allowed to have a secondary account to practice on in secret, to try new strategies that people don't want to, they don't want everybody to be able to monitor everything they do in their ranked games. And you'll know this if you follow pro players closely. There are some of the teams that you barely ever see in pubs, and they're obviously playing pubs, right? But they're just not ever playing on their mains, like... Mm. Uh, I think a great example of that would be Nisha. I think there was a TI where he was playing on stage and his main account was like ancient. Like, what, what, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> There's no way. Uh, he was only playing on his smurf. So technically that was a main, his main and he was smurfing a TI, right? Right. But, so I, I think... Uh, you get the idea. I mean, I yeah, that's a separate discussion, I guess, because I, I mean, you know how I feel. Smurf accounts should just not be a thing. Uh, sharing mm -hmm. accounts should not be a thing. So my question is, let's go through the scenarios here. Well, there's, let's just right. say there's two scenarios, one where this is true, one where it's false. Yeah. <clears throat> well, if it's false, damage has been done to reputation. I don't know how you fix that, mm -hmm. but it, it is what it is, I guess. Right. If it's true, what happens? Do you think anything happens? Is this against TOS from Steam? Uh, will Valve theoretically do anything? Will VP? I mean, they, they're doing an investigation. When a team is doing an investigation on themselves, it doesn't mean anything mm -hmm. to me. It means like it's just complete bullshit. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, they're gonna say because it's PR, but I ignore right. that. So, what do you think happens here if it's true? Okay, so from what I know, selling a Steam account is against TOS in general, right? So, whoever, um, correct me if I'm wrong on this chat. I I think you're not allowed to sell your account. I'm pretty sure you're not. Um. And you're not allowed to sell, I think theoretically speaking, I'm not 100% sure how this works with like real money trading of items. Uh, if you trade outside of the Steam market, like what is considered okay and what isn't, I think maybe that's a little bit vague, what you can and can't do. Uh, but I don't think you're allowed to sell your Steam account in any way. So that one is pretty straightforward. Um, is anything going to happen? I don't know. The problem is tracing the sale, the sale, right? If it's confirmed, let's say it's confirmed that both accounts were sold. Uh, it's pretty much confirmed that at least one of them was because the amount of games that that account has played and all the analysis that's been done on it confirms that 100% that it's not the right player playing on it. Like, theoretically speaking, it might not even have been sold, right? Like, let's entertain that idea that this reported 10k sale is a lie and it's just some herald that has been given the account for free, right? Then there's no sale, but it's somebody who's way out of their league playing there. But what are the odds of that? Like, come on, let's say it's sold. Who sold it? Is it one of the pro players that helped rank it up or is it one of the original owners? To me, that makes a really big difference for who's at fault because if the pro players have boosted that account, so to speak, or played on it as a Smurf and it's now really high rank, there's a really big difference for me whether they are the ones reaping the financial rewards or not. Uh, 
I personally don't think they're in trouble if they didn't sell or didn't profit. But if they did, it's against TOS. It's against the competitive integrity of the game, so to speak, from a whole like ranking up perspective. And a really important point that I think was brought up a lot about this that sparked a lot of discussion, especially on Reddit, was why is this being given so much attention that one guy buys a high-ranked account compared to all of the people buying lower-ranked accounts or just flat-out smurfing in lower ranges and destroying games there? Like, why is this That's true. so disproportionately important? That's why. Why is this so disproportionately important just because it affects a few pro players that now get a, a guy in their games who's terrible compared to me as a 3K player? Not me specifically, uh, just in case you haven't watched the podcast, I'm not 3K. Um, <laughs> I am, as a matter of fact, 3.1K. <laughs> uh, so, um, like, why, why are these people in the mid-range of the game, for example, who have reportedly a lot of smurfs in their games, why are they not being listened to as much as this one instance with a pro player? And I think that's a really important point. And it, if there's anything good to come out of this, it's that re-spark discussion and the emphasis on how much this ruins the game. Um, one thing I will say, though, is I think... And this was an interesting counterpoint that was also brought up on Reddit. Like, I think a lot of the time, people are really bad smurf detectors, right? And a lot of the time you think you're getting smurfed, but you're not. The times that are pretty blatantly obvious are the ones where you're like, you're in a 2K game or you're, you're no, rather you're in a 5K game or 6K game and you're playing against an account that's level 30. Like, what are the odds, right? Like that person has that not played to enough games all to get the to time. that skill. Right. All so the time. Those games, does it? Yes, all the time. Okay. Between level 30 and 50, all the time. Right. And they're like Those are the ones that are very, very likely, if not guaranteed, to be smurfs in a lot of cases. And I, like, I'm not going to argue against those. But I will say I think a lot of the reports or a lot of the, like, a lot of the people that are complaining about smurfs, it can also just be, you know, a guy who's playing a good game in your bracket. Everybody has those games where they're like, they go like, let's say 15-0, you're like, fuck, I played well that game. And there's probably at least one person in the enemy team that thinks you're a smurf because you played well. Yeah, right? probably. Um, so I just want to... I think it's important to filter those out and focus on the ones that are actually, you know, traceable. And I think it makes the or the it makes it a lot more problematic to really gauge how big the problem is when when people just aren't necessarily the best at detecting this to begin with. Um, but no, there's yeah. definitely some bias involved, no doubt. Mm -hmm. uh, but when they're level thirty, well, what is going to happen owning. here? Uh, I feel like we didn't really follow up on that. So let's I, say it's confirmed I, I think that the nothing, player sold. By the way, I don't know if I'm being uh, jaded as always. I think nothing will happen. Uh huh. I, I guess my question is more about because obviously the whole Smurf discussion goes off into a whole different thing. But right, the purchasing aspect. Do you think something happens to either the players if this is true, the person that bought it loses their account, whatever the case may be? Because the fact that it's so public, I feel like Valve can easily tell if this happened. As, has Valve punished a player for anything else than cheating or match-fixing, ever? Not that we know of. I'm trying to think if there was an instance where a player said something like stupidly racist in a game and they got sanctioned. I think it was always the org of the player that did the punishment, not Valve, right? Mm. Uh, considering that VP did an internal investigation and say there's nothing, I don't think they're going to do anything. Because <laughs> uh, probably from their perspective, it's just a done and closed case. Um, 
Yeah. And, and again, and again, I think I think it's important here, like the whole reputation aspect and everything. I don't want to target DM or GPK or Arc for that matter until there's a reasonable way of confirming that they are the ones that profited off the sale. Because I would not be surprised if neither of these accounts belong to those players at all to begin with, and they might not even have ownership over them entirely. The original owner can just change the password and then sell it. I mean, and if anything, the beginning of this conversation it, with so. how like how much they get paid already, it doesn't mm -hmm. even make sense that this would be them. It, it just, right? but I mean, obviously it that's could not still a good, be, but no, I'm that's just not saying. a good compass because a lot of the times players do shit that doesn't make any sense. Exactly. Right? It also the, doesn't make sense side. to be racist in a pro game. But it still happens. Like, well, what the fuck are, do you have to gain versus lose from that? Yeah, right? the, the like, answer is the same. People are idiots. People are right? people and dumb. Pretty so. simple. Okay. Uh, let's move on to... Yeah, well, actually, on. before we move on, I just want to quickly talk about something that I didn't think we'd have to talk about. Uh, this will be a first. Uh, SAP mm -hmm. sponsorship. People have been begging for it, so I figured we'd... <laughs> I'm sure they're going to be happy to hear that. So it's your sponsored segment. The way that sponsors work typically is if you get a package sponsorship, which we did with them, they want X amount of episodes. So it was eight. Actually, it's 16, but in two different segments, essentially. So eight by eight. So we did the eight already. There's going to be a small break of a couple of weeks, and I believe beginning of December uh, is when we'll start it up again for the next eight weeks. So don't worry. The sponsorship the is basically giving them a free 17th episode. <laughs> I know. We're talking about them again. It's you know amazing. What? I'm going to invoice them for they're this. They're going to be so happy. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, moving on to non Dota related stuff. The CSGO Major has concluded, Cinderin. You actually put this on the outline. And it's funny mm -hmm. because I watched a shit ton of this Major myself. I haven't watched Counter Strike like this much in over 10 years. Basically, since I stopped playing, uh, well, at that point I was washed up, but playing competitively, it was great. Used to be a pro player. I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. It was the PGL major in Stockholm. First major in Counter-Strike for quite a while. Um, Navi crushed. They did not lose a single map the entire tournament, which is insane. Uh, their opera named Simple is considered the greatest of all time. And it was enjoyable. Uh, I won't lie. I, I liked it quite a And I, I do want to say one thing about the difference between Valorant and Counter-Strike. First of all, I enjoy playing Valorant more than Counter-Strike. I think my Counter-Strike days are over. I actually enjoy the casting style of CS way more than Valorant. Valorant has this whole people are trying to hype it up too much, get too excited all the time. I don't really like that. Where Counter-Strike, it was super chill. Casters are... It's basically like our style of casting. I feel like if we were into that scene more, we could cast that pretty easily, honestly. Of course, you'd have to brush up a lot on Counter-Strike, Syndrome, because, you know... I'm really supposed good to be the analyst here, so... you know, I'm, I would uh, be the analyst. That's hilarious. You could be the play-by-play. -play. Why not? So what do you think? Dude, what do you think about that as a constant piece? Sounds great. You just cast CS. I'm in. Um, I'm in. Yeah, I, I watched a decent amount of the games, mainly in the playoffs. Um, yeah, Navi were amazing. It's it's really cool. To, so there's like been this there's like this. Um, you know, every game probably has at least one player of this kind who's like a truly standout, world class player that just never got that big win yet, and that was simple in CS:GO. Oh, I thought you were going to say it was me. Finally, 
Fuck. He finally got his first <laughs> his first major win here with Navi after many years of being regarded as the best player in the world. I think it's been two or three years in a row. Like there was a little bit of discussion about Saiwoo. Can he was he better than him as in a given year in terms of like individual performance? But Simple was always at least in the discussion or the winner of that. Mm. Um I, the best example I can think of in Dota 2 is probably Arteezy, who still is in that spot that Simple was. Uh, I think Simple was also very close to winning a major in the past, similar to Arteezy being very close, I think, twice. This year alone, he was in two major finals and lost them both. Uh, one of them was a stomp. The other one, they were ahead 2-0 and got 3 2 so that was obviously really sad for him. Um, and the other player in CSGO that a lot of people are talking about is Nico, who is also a world-class player, has been like a top-five player for years. And funnily enough, he was actually in the finals. So... This whole finals, it was about who of these cursed players will lift the curse, and it was simple this the time. The problem with so. G2 is they faced off Na'Vi in, uh, I think, a couple grand finals, other tournaments, and they keep getting crushed by Na'Vi. But they did take them. They did, I think the score was 14-7 to 7 on Nuke. G2 was up, so they only needed two rounds. They ended up going to overtime, and Na'Vi wins. Right. So it was a crazy comeback. Uh, I enjoyed watching. Sure. I love watching on 4K. PGL does a great job of that. Obviously, Twitch can't do 4K, which hoping that someday they'll do that. But YouTube is just a dream to watch this on. And yeah, it was uh, very chill. I love the casting style. I'm not going to lie. I like it yeah. a lot. Well, okay, so something I actually wanted to discuss a little bit, because this is something that CSGO does radically different. And I think it also depends on the talent that they use. But the paneling in CSGO is a lot more blunt. I would imagine you like that. I think that's going to be different from person to person how much they enjoy it. You'd probably be surprised that I don't really mind it, but someone like Thorin rips on player performances. Like, if somebody's having a bad series or whatever, he will not sugarcoat it. He will actually tear them apart as an analyst, right? Right. Um, he's a very historical-based and a very achievement-based talent. He doesn't, like... I don't think he understands the game on a deep enough level that he can go into like tactical explanations or deep strategy of why or why this player did bad. He looks at the scoreline. He looks at how good the player is supposed to be and how bad they performed on the given day in terms of kills, deaths, and just history in general. And he will talk people up to the stars if they do well, and he will destroy them if they're down. Like very, very polarizing, I think. Um, and then the host this time around, Richard Lewis, also has like a rep for being very, you know, yeah, I guess blunt is a fair word, I think. Um, I really enjoyed the panel style, even though it was blunt, because I found it very, I found it very real, you know, very honest. Um, but I don't know what you think, if you think that's too harsh on players. Because I think in Dota, if we did a panel like that, people would say we're ripping the players apart and it's disrespectful, actually. Yeah. I don't think it would fly here. It's just a different genre. I guess it, genre, de it depends on how you package it. Um, it's funny because the way that, like even the casting scene, just knowing like mm -hmm. the personalities, they're it's not just how they do things like from a work standpoint, but just as people are like so different than Dota. It's it's literally like just the one eighty. It's complete opposite spectrum. So it makes sense to some degree. Um yeah, I, I didn't watch a ton of the panel, not gonna lie. But mm -hmm. from like the casting style, like machine casting and you know, similar and all of them I think they did a really good job. Um, yeah. And from hosting perspective, I think Richard Lewis did a good job too. I did catch a bit, I guess, of the panel. But mm -hmm. other than that, not too much. Uh, okay, next thing on the list, everybody's favorite topic of the week, Arcane. 
League of Legends anime has been released. Uh, you wrote this. Two million live viewers on Twitch for the release night. Yep. There's a ton it of cross... own category in the Twitch directory, and it was easily the most viewed quote-unquote game on release. Uh, yes. I think the official Riot stream had six or 700,000 live viewers, and the rest of the viewers were spread across uh, a lot of streamers that got access to stream the games. I believe Riot gives individual streamers uh based on like popularity and reach etc etc what they've done for the game uh individual streamers are getting access to stream certain episodes i think the most episodes anyone is getting is three from what i from what i heard uh to stream those live and some streamers get one episode that they get to stream alongside uh the official stream on twitch so um I can say myself, I think I've watched 20 minutes, it was, of the first episode. Uh, the animation is extremely well done. Uh, you watched half of an episode? Home. Yeah, we watched half an episode. Uh, we're, I think we're going to watch more, to be honest. Um, but we just we were going to do something else. It wasn't because it was super boring or bad that we were just like, nah, fuck this show, let's never watch again. I, it? Huh? I oh, you're, you're against the idea that you can watch half an episode. I don't know how I'm friends anime. with you. Like, legitimately... I don't know how somebody turns on a fucking show and just watches half. How? What is wrong with you? We watched all three in the same night. To be fair, Shannon, I will say we watched this together, Susie and I, and she wanted to watch something else. So not because she was (laughs) super bored with it. Okay, I I don't watch shows alone. We've talked about you guys watched half the show. And then for no particular reason, you guys are like, you know what? I'm not bored of this, but I do want to stop watching it. Is that right? Yeah. Wanted to do something else instead. Like, they, these are real people, Shannon. We're real people. It's not that out of the ordinary for people to watch half an episode of something. Either because you only have time for half an episode or because something comes up that you have to do. All right, of the or... 20 minutes that you watch, <laughs> I was going to ask your opinion. I don't give a shit because you didn't watch anything. Okay, did you watch anything? Yes, I watched all three, of course. Okay, nice. What well, do you think? I will say, well, maybe we should get your opinion then, because yes. you've watched more. I don't want to yeah, hear your ahead. opinion. You don't deserve well, one. Okay. Why did you ask then? Because I wanted to make a point that you suck. Uh, All right. I point thought, taken. I, thought I disagree, it, but I hear you. <laughs> I, I thought you would. Might I thought you might disagree on that one. I thought it was really good. Okay, this is me. I was coming in with actually semi high expectations. Right. Because it just looked good, and they've had so much time to... I mean, they announced this... They announced it at their 10-year anniversary, which is like a year and a half ago, or more than that. So now. it was already well in the works then, yeah. Yeah, so expecting it to be pretty good at the very least. Of course, I know nothing about League of Legends. It was three episodes Maybe out we of, should get my opinion then. Okay, yeah, of 20 minutes worth. Well, Nikki used to play League like a long time ago, I guess, but mm-hmm. I thought it was very good. Um, I was interested in a lot of the characters. The animation absolutely shits on Dota, the Dota anime. It just looks way better. And it's not just an art style thing. Like, the art style is good, but it, it's just so much more polished. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, it makes sense. Like, if the Dota one, the original season was kind of like, okay, let's see if we... We don't want to put too much money into this just to see if it's successful first. I understand that. In League of Legends, they know it's going to be successful, right? So I, I understand true. the difference there. That's fair. Uh, but they had a lot of cross-promotional stuff between, you know, in Valorant and all their other games that are promoting Arcane. 
Uh, but as the sh- like the show itself, very good. I'm definitely gonna watch the rest. Um, and the thing I did like about it a lot more than Dota, the Dota anime. And again, I don't know anything about these characters, these champions as they call them. There were a ton of them, apparently. Like if you compare it to the Dota anime, Dota anime, how many heroes would you say were in the entire show from start to finish? Five, six? six? Uh, They probably had like 12 to 15 already in the first three episodes. I think that's fucking amazing. Like why are there so many worth like random ass... Marcy is now a hero, so that one's forgiven. Mm -hmm. But we have a lot of random ass characters that don't need to be there where I'm interested in Pudge. Have Pudge in the show. Like, give me a little fan service. Like, most people want boobs as fan service. I want fucking. Well, Pudge does have. Well, boobs. you also want boobs. Let's as be fan real. Service. That's true. Pudge, Pudge is very attractive. <laughs> but that—that's my biggest complaint about the Dota anime when comparing it to the League one. I was—I liked it a lot. Right. What did you think of the twenty minutes that you okay. watched? So, what I will say is the animation was really good. Um, I think. So I'm sure you will agree with this. After having watched more, it do, I don't think kind of similar to the Dota one. I think in the Dota one, if you've never played the game and know nothing about it, and you sit down and watch that anime, I think you can get a little bit lost uh, at times because there's like details that are actually kind of important that might be hard to pick up on if like you don't what? know the game at all, know anything about the heroes uh, or anything like that. But I, I for the most part, I think as a non-Dota person, you can follow uh, Dragon's Blood. I think in the League one, oh, it was very sorry, 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 straightforward. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. I thought you were talking about League it, the whole time. Yeah. Right. Okay. So in the League one, I thought it was, from what I watched, and I think you would agree, you don't need any prior knowledge of the game or the universe to appreciate what's going on. Yeah. Um, the storytelling is very much straightforward. Um, and yeah, the, the main thing that people will probably be comparing this on, especially for now, since you can't really criticize the storytelling too much when you don't know how the season is even going to finish or whatever. You can't be like, oh, this was garbagely executed from a story perspective compared to the Dota blah 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 there's many episodes to go um but the main thing we can compare on it is like you said the polish in the animation and they did a really good job uh on that especially kind of capturing the overall art style and idea of how league is run like there's a very clear it's very clearly very tied to league's overall just art style in general it was very true to the game the Dota anime, I feel like at times was true to the Dota style and at times it wasn't. Like, I would have liked the Dota anime to be more like streamlined in a direction where it was like, I like that it was brutal. I like that it was gory and that it did, wasn't like scared of using slurs and stuff. I think that's very true to the game. That's my experience playing Dota every day. <laughs> is that fuck is definitely the most used word by far. Yeah. Um, I think maybe the League anime should appreciate that a little bit more about their game as well, how toxic shitheads play that game. But. Um, I like that about the Dota one that it was raw. I think I find that really enjoyable, and I love like harsh language. I am a big fan of that in shows mm-hmm. and in life in general. Um, what I did think about the Dota one was that, in terms of like reflecting the art style of the game, I think the Dota anime was a little bit either you should have made it like really anime style, right, or you should have pulled it a little bit more in the Dota direction. Do you understand what I mean here? Like, the art style didn't really feel so much like Dota, whereas the arcane art style feels 100% like League. I understand what you're saying. I didn't really care that that? much. I I don't care as much about the art style, but more about the polish. It wasn't polish. It's just Mm. like, 
like right. haphazardly done, like super quick, which is exactly what it was because it was low production. I don't know if season two's. I mean, we saw some trailers; didn't really look that much different. Maybe slight upgrades, but I mean, the mm-hmm. league one, obviously, it's just more money put into it. I think it's pretty simple. More than likely, yeah. But yeah, I enjoyed it quite a bit. So sad as mm-hmm. I am to say, I recommend people watch it if they like that kind of thing because it is quite good. Why is that sad? Yeah, because we're the you know we're the underdogs here. I want to root Man, for Dota, but can, you know, can we just be better? Like, no, we're worse. That's the problem. <laughs> no, <laughs> can we just the anime is worse. Like, That's the issue here. You, I've been talking about this at length, or not at length, but multiple times. Like this whole culture of you have to hate the other game when you like your own. I just I, I don't just don't them. vibe with that at all. Like I just don't get it. Like why do you? Why do Dota fans have to hate League? Why, if you're a pop fan of one singer, why do you have to hate the other one? Like, just enjoy what you like and uh, what people like their shit. Like, so you don't... it started. It started it's... as this uh, rivalry, right? So sure, it made sense. That's fine. Hold on, it made sense on some level that Dota players would hate League because of the way that it actually started. It makes sense because of the mm-hmm. backstabbing and all that stuff. But the thing that I've learned over the course of the last 10 years now is that Dota players hate everybody, including themselves. So it's actually no different. They're just spreading it to everybody as like a disgusting virus upon the world, uh, which is why they don't buy other games. They don't play other games. They don't support even games in the same universe as Dota because it's not literally Dota, whereas League has Valorant. They have Runeterra. They have... Please bring Artifact back. That's my roundabout way to get to that topic again. Um, so yeah, that's the anime. Uh, uh, I'm going to piggyback off that, talk about just very quickly Riot's new game that they've announced called Hextech Mayhem. A League of Legends story it will be out on the 16th of November, so in a few days here, on Switch and PC not my type of game, but I found it interesting. It's a it's called a rhythm runner. So it's like a platformer that has like Beat Saber esque uh, mechanics, I guess. Like a you know, it's on a beat. It's like a musical track. So kind of cool. This looks so much like a specific mobile game, but I can't remember what it's called. I'm sure someone in chat knows this. Probably. It's. Probably... It looks so much like this game. I mean, has Riot ever made a, of... a unique game syndrome? <laughs> Eh, a lot of a eh, lot of streamers have eh. been playing a similar game on stream. I just can't remember what it's called. Mm. Either way, I thought I would mention that just because we talked about Arcane and the no, fact that, that you know, Riot's making a ton of games, yeah. which, you know, it's good for them. For sure. Okay, next thing on the list, uh, another company named Blizzard made oh. an announcement that Overwatch 2 and Diablo 4 are delayed again with no release date in sight. Likely. What, why do you think that is? I couldn't imagine why. Maybe Do you think it's because dysfunction? they have no people working on games anymore <laughs> and everyone is carrying around buckets with water in them trying yes. to put out the fire? Do you think that's why? It could be. It, it could or they're be just reason. spreading more gasoline, which seems to be the Blizzard way in general. Uh, different yeah. buckets and they mix them up all the time. So both games oh, are shit, delayed. I meant to take a water bucket today. I got the wrong one. Sorry. Guys. <laughs> both games are delayed indefinitely. Uh, most people think that that means essentially 2023 is when they'll be released. Which I think I sp- I don't want to speak for most people, but I will. I think most people that watch this podcast probably don't give a shit about Overwatch 2 because it was a terrible game to begin with, and it just sounds like a glorified expansion that's going to be terrible still. But Diablo 4, I know a lot of people do care about. 
This is the one I'm, like yeah. saving grace for Blizzard that they have yes. in their in their cards, right? So what are your thoughts well, as a Diablo fan yourself? Yeah, so I've played all three Diablos. Uh, I think my all-time favorite is still Diablo 1, uh, but I understand for most people it's Diablo 2. Diablo 3 was kind of polarizing, especially on release. They improved it a lot, but this is something that happens too often nowadays, right? Let's be honest. There's too many games that get released too early. Like, they're just not... The systems aren't correct. They're not in place. It's not tested through and through how, how it stands the test of time. Um, so you get a lot of games that lose popularity because the patch that truly makes them great just comes too late. Like, people have moved on. Cyber. When you release a game, when you release a game, it needs to be fucking good on release. Like, stop. I, this is easy for me to say because I'm not a stakeholder in these companies, right? But I feel like there's so much external pressure on game developers right now to rush things because you need to print the dollar that you, there's so much focus on short-term instead of what makes a game great and makes people want to play it for a long time and ultimately makes the profit better over time because people keep playing. Mm. Diablo 3, in many ways, was a rushed game. It felt like it. Like Some parts of the game are really good, but the core thing that makes people want to play a game for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hours just wasn't there. Like For a game that is meant to work like that, similar to Diablo 2, it just didn't have that Diablo 2 charm for a lot of people. So I found myself playing through the game one time and then I never played it again, basically. like I didn't have that feeling of, man, I want to play this again and again. Um, I think for a lot of people that's similar with Diablo 1, but let's remember a couple of things. It was from a totally different time. The level of expectation for games was totally different. And for its time, it was insanely good, like, at the time. A lot of the reason why I love the game is probably nostalgia. Um, but as an adventure game that you play through once, it's just a better product than Diablo 3. I'll stand by that 100%. Like, it's just better. Uh, the atmosphere, the difficulty, uh, the exploration, all of it. It's just really, really good in that game. And Diablo 3 felt flat. So anyway, my point with that is, I for me... Blizzard has gone through like different iterations of Diablo now. They've had the awesome Diablo 1 as a single player primarily ex uh, experience. Then they made Diablo 2, which is by many people one of the most celebrated games of all time because of the multiplayer aspect and how well they designed systems in that game for difficulty, loot, uh, the value of keeping on playing and like the thrill of playing it for hundreds of hours. And then they made Diablo 3, where they seemingly forgot all the great things about Diablo 2 uh, tried to be modern and fucked up their systems and then ultimately backpedaled and solved their systems later when they lost half their player base. So now they've gone through like all of these different versions of this type of game. And I was like, Diablo 4, this is where Blizzard can prove whether they've learned from their mistakes, basically, and learned from their greatness or not. Because this, this game in the genre, they have like all of the versions of what they've done right and wrong in the same game. So it's like Diablo 4 is going to prove if they've learned or not. And now it's fucking delayed, right? <laughs> so, I mean, I, I was hopeful for it. I'll be honest. To me, this is the game where I was like, I believe, I believe Blizzard will do a good job with Diablo 4. But with everything that's happened so far, I don't know if I'm just, like, naive. Um, obviously, the delay makes sense, right? I, I just fucking hope they get people that are passionate and have a good work environment and love this type of game to work on it, that really enjoy it and understand what it takes, and get the time they need to make it a good game. Because... I if they do like Diablo 3, do. I'll lose interest too easily. Like, just, just make a good fucking game, man. Cinder, I'm not going to lie. <sighs> I don't give a shit about any of their games. Right. But for your, just for your sake, I hope that right. it works out for you. Okay? Thank just you. for you. You're a good friend. I know. 
I hope that the rest of Arcane is good too when I watch it for your sake. For my sake. Anyway, uh, I know we're going a little over time here, Sindarin, but That's I want to okay. get through these last two topics oh, relatively quick. People love this one. This one is kind of old, but we couldn't talk about the last couple of weeks. Facebook announces a new name. Well, not for Facebook, but as the overarching company. Kind of like Google has Alphabet. Nobody hears about Alphabet ever, but mm-hmm. that's technically their name. Uh, Meta is the new name for all their products as an umbrella, essentially. So you know, Facebook and WhatsApp, all these Instagram, they won't be changing names, mm-hmm. uh, but they'll all be under the Meta umbrella. And I watched this video, Cinderin, of right. Mark, well, part of it, Mark Zuckerberg, who is a more of a robot than you. I mean, you if you need to look up <laughs> the one a little... guy, is the only guy you can think of. If you need like to look at some source material on how to improve your robotness, then I would recommend taking a look at any He's video that this idol, guy's man. A part what can of. I say? I want to be more like Zuck. Basically, most of it was very uninteresting in my opinion, I but a lot of assimilated. it. Like a lot of it was revolving around VR and AR. And I will say, even though I don't think Facebook's gonna do anything that's worthwhile because they're they're just they're as a company, they're just dead to me. Like the VR stuff, it just doesn't interest me at all. I, I still think AR is where the future is. Mm-hmm. Uh because you're putting on like something very minimal like glasses, and you can interact with things in your house, like play games, like a you know, play chess. Stuff like that sounds pretty cool. I know a lot of companies are trying to do uh, like these little avatars that have better facial uh, recognition. That's like the big thing right now is instead of webcams, it's these avatars that just have very realistic, like they're literally copying your facial expressions. So I don't really know what we're going to talk about, if anything. Did you you see any of this yourself? Yeah, I mean... uh... On the surface level, I have to admit, I didn't really dig much into this meta stuff because honestly, I don't really care that much. Kind of like you about Facebook and, and all of this, like all of the. And I and I also know that finding that's another thing about stuff like this. When you have a person like Zuckerberg spearheading something that is so universally, it seems at least disliked. I think it's hard to find very unbiased material. Like even if this was a good thing, I think most people would just be shitting on it by default. Right. So. Um, Maybe we're but... in our own echo chamber, though, because I, I do feel like, and I know this isn't inherently 100% true, but I think maybe to some degree it is, that mm-hmm. the younger demographics are not Facebook people. Right. That so is very true. the stuff that they're showing is definitely for younger generations. It's not for the people that are currently using Facebook, which makes sense that they want a different audience, their original audience that it was intended for. But can they get that back after the absolute shit show that they put on the last X amount of years? I don't know. I don't think so. I, I feel like there's there's a certain point where you there's point of no return. And I think for me, right. they're that company that they could literally never do anything right. I also something I wonder in general that I think Facebook will always make me think of is how how intrusive is technology going to be allowed to be, right? Because I think in many ways, Facebook has kind of like squeezed it to the absolute limit or have they, right? Like how much can you use people's data uh, while it is still legal, 
where it starts turning unethical, right? Mm. I think that's that's part of the reason people hate Facebook so much is that yeah, it might be in the terms of service technically, but it should it even be allowed what these companies are allowed to do with your data? And Facebook just gets a shitload of of the flack for it. I think just in general Google also there's just so many like there's so many things and I I'm not going to pretend I know enough about it to say this um but you know from a technical standpoint what is being drawn out of what you do on the internet like how much is derived from you if you don't like take specific steps for your privacy like using a VPN or whatever um like if we need different laws basically globally against this stuff dude i i was um, watching uh him talk to like he was having a congressional i, I don't know what it was called i watched basically, that one yeah talking to like congressmen and senators and whatnot and mm-hmm. one moment really stood out to me where because they were in a like he was in a big shit show right mm-hmm. like facebook was in a shit storm i should say and you can tell that this old senator guy started asking really good questions. He's reading off this sheet. It was probably, I mean, 100% written for him. And he's like, okay. He's like pushing the buttons of Mark Zuckerberg. He's like, okay. And you're like, okay, going for the kill. And you can tell he just ran out of things to ask that were on this sheet. And he started asking questions that an old man, an old senile man would be asking, what is Facebook? Basically like the dumbest fucking questions possible after this great list of questions preceding it. And it's like, this is who's these are the people making our laws. They don't know jack shit about anything relating to social media or the way that it impacts uh, the world at large. So, yeah, I have I have no hope. Um, stance the reason though, or stance to say also that obviously there's WhatsApp, there's Instagram, there's other mm-hmm. things that are on the, on the umbrella that I do use. I do like WhatsApp. I mean, these these started as companies that weren't part of Facebook, so of course I like them to some degree. But of course, once Facebook took over Instagram, you know, uh, I stopped getting followers. Cinder, I don't know about you, if you've noticed the same. They start using the same algorithm as Facebook, because Facebook got to a certain point, then they changed their algorithm. Haven't gotten any more followers in literally eight years, because you have to yeah, pay face- for ads, promote constantly right i'm not doing that bullshit facebook's algorithm definitely changed for the worse for for free right and again i mean that's just another one on top of what we just talked about right like i mean obviously it's legal it's just yeah it yeah. is what it is 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 that what you should do right um and that the funny thing is for, from how i remember this i could be wrong on this shannon but i will say the first few years of facebook uh, were great for the most part. People that I interacted with and talked to liked the product. Yes. Um, it it got to some sort of magical turning point where, and that's what I'm really interested in with technology in general, also video games and stuff. Is where is that turning point where it goes from it's fun and it's fine that there's something that's pay to play or whatever or uh, pay to use or some sort of whatever in in Facebook where like how how financial can it get before you cross that threshold where people are like now it's now it's too much like where is that limit because I think these companies obviously they're companies for profit they're looking to you know maximize their profits etc but how far can you go before you fuck over people so much that they start hating your product and it ends up being a net loss um, and I feel like Facebook crossed that line a while ago and that's why a lot of people moved on to different products and then Facebook just bought them. <laughs> so, you know, that'll solve the problem, I guess. Yeah. Um, but I mean, that, that's a whole different like monopolistic conversation as well. Imagine Facebook didn't make happen. so much fucking money before things 
went to where they were, right? Like, yeah. if Facebook had made that mistake one year into its lifetime, they might not have had the funds to buy all of the products that superseded it that they just ended up, you know, that did a better job at responding to what people wanted. So they could just buy in there and get that ownership. Um, yeah. Fortunately for Facebook, they made enough money before it happened. But obviously, in a lot of other industries or games or whatever, that doesn't happen. Like, your first product is bad and or not good enough or people lose interest too fast. You can't just buy something and you need you need to be the innovator then. Um, yeah, so yeah, I, the... I, I find that interesting. Like, obviously, for Facebook, that happened years ago. I don't know. I, I don't use Instagram very much. I don't know what the perception of that is currently. I think Instagram, it's more negative than it was again, a couple years ago. I can only speak but... from my experience, but it, it was similar to Facebook where it was gaining right. a lot of followers. And then suddenly when Facebook bought them, I stopped getting followers. Coincidence? Hmm. I, I don't know, Cinderin. I'm not, um, I'm not a very smart man, interesting. but uh, I tried to put one and one together. There. Anyway, um, last topic. I know this is long. This won't be quick. Valve made an announcement, Cinderin. Mm -hmm. Steam Deck has been delayed by two months. The launch of Steam Deck will be delayed by two months. We're sorry about this. We did our best to work around the global supply chain issues, but due to material shortages, components aren't reaching our manufacturing facilities in time for us to meet our initial launch dates. Based on our updated build estimates, Steam Deck will start shipping to customers February 2022. This will be the new start date of the reservation queue. All reservation holders keep their place in line. Blah, 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 blah. Again, we're sorry. So very sorry to everybody that wanted to get this bad boy for Christmas. Maybe that extra three months will allow them to come out with 120 hertz screen syndrome. What do you think? I thought you were going to say maybe those three months will allow people to change their minds and spend their money on something else. <laughs> I mean, that is how it works to some. I mean, that is the Christmas is. season, right? That's that's it what happens true. for a lot of uh, There's no doubt this is a major revenue loss for Valve. That it's not going to be a Christmas present, right? Yeah. Because there's a reason that the big movies come out in December. It's because people have their holidays and they have money to spend. I can't wait to waste my money on The Matrix 4 on Christmas Day and oh. be horribly disappointed. Uh, I can't are, wait I, to watch The Matrix either. I can't remember. Um, were you going to buy a Steam Deck? No, not currently at least. Why? Uh, it just didn't have, how to say... What's what's the word? There's a really good word for this. 120 uh, hertz. I agree. Yeah. Oh, that's the fully one. on no. board. Um, I'm not I'm not on the road very much. Uh, when we do travel to events, I will generally bring bring my laptop or a second monitor or both from home, and then use that in the hotel room. So, um, from a traveling perspective, I don't need it very much. As far as the handheld console, we already have a Switch at home, and we have a PS5 that we play on. And it's like nothing, how to say, I think one of the big sales points of the Steam Deck is its ability to run a lot of games that will kind of be exclusive to it because they're just on Steam and not mobile friendly for the other consoles. But it's just not a strong sales point for me right now. Uh, maybe if I get to see it in action and it's really, really good, I'll consider buying one. But I didn't have this feeling of, wow, I just have to get this because I imagine myself using it in these many situations instead of my computer. I just don't see it. If I'm at home, I'm sitting yeah. at my computer. If I'm on the road, I'm not going to be using it much. So, uh, But All I right. totally get why this is a very appealing product to other people. It's just, for my lifestyle, it's not something that I think is very important. Fair enough, Cinder. So. And of course, next week, I'm going to talk about some the Surface Pro that I got. But I do want to say this one thing before we go, 
because I got a lot of flack for saying that I wanted 120 hertz. People like mm-hmm. uh, a bunch of different people came at me, Cinder, from different angles. Like, number one, you won't notice uh-huh. the difference. Bullshit. Okay, that is the worst argument. Number I two, the battery life will down. suffer. That's true. You can you can have dynamic refresh rate. Like, that's a very common thing. It just goes down as the battery goes down, or you can set it to 60 hertz, but it has 120 hertz capability if you plug it in. That's not yep. that difficult. And number three, this is the most important thing. I think I brought this up originally, but people just didn't hear me, apparently. There's a technology that exists that Valve created themselves called Steam Link. Currently, it only supports 60 hertz, but I promise you it is not that hard. And when I say I promise you, I have no fucking idea. I don't think it's that hard (laughs) to give support for 120 hertz. I just know that nobody's working on it. But if they did, then you could literally have the a Chromebook, which basically plays nothing, and you can play AAA titles on it through your computer streaming it with 120 hertz. That's the, I thought, again, when they announced the Steam Deck, I was like, for sure, this is going to be an option. Like a high-end, pay 999, 120 hertz, Steam Link into your PC. That's the fucking dream. That's amazing. And you don't even have to be in your own house to do it anymore. It can be like Google Stadia. Or you're doing it from another location. It works through the internet. Might hey, be a little laggy quickly... for some games, but on LAN, it's not laggy at all. It's missing a big opportunity for people like me, which is probably a minority, honestly. Can you Sad quickly news. explain what the big appeal is of this machine for you compared to what I just said for me? Like, what is it about this that's really enticing for you? Let's say it was 120 hertz. What would, what and how and when would you use it? Hades. That's about it. I, I'm, there's, there's no game. I, I don't know if I would buy it. Uh, because there's no game. Oh, so you I haven't put in play. an order for the Steam Deck? No. Oh, what? I thought you did. Okay. No. You think I'm going to play on 60 hertz? Right. It's 2021, Cinderin. All right. So let's say, let's say it was 120 hertz. Would you buy it? Let's say it costs the same. It it even. depends on if there's a game I'm playing that, like that I could play on a plane, a single player game, which I don't play many. So okay, here's if Fable was out, okay. yes. Mm-hmm. If I wasn't finished with Hades, which I am then yes, because Hades was great. Stuff like that, So you would be buying the console to play one or two specific games on that instead of on your PC in the one week you were traveling. That is the sales pitch here. No, it's not just then, but also like if I'm wanting to chill on my couch and I don't feel like playing on my computer, then there's opportunities. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's there's a decent amount of opportunities for that. But uh, yeah, I'm a snob. I'll agree. I don't... I can't go back to 60 hertz. I'm sorry. I can't ever do it again. I do not consider that snobby at all. You know what? I've played a lot of the Souls games, basically all of them. And there's one game I haven't completed, which by many people is considered the best Souls game of all time, and it's Bloodborne. That game is not on PC. It is on PS4, and you can also play it on PS5. Its frame rate is so shit that I lost interest. I actually didn't play it to the end. as the only game, just because it's choppy. It's annoying. It's not just, and it's also not just a stable 60 hertz. That's the other thing. If something is a stable 60 FPS, you know, okay. But it's just poorly optimized. There's area that are, areas that are laggy. And in a game that's all about movement and combat finesse, playing with like stutters is fucking annoying, man. Like, I just, I just can't. Then the universe is a different story. But yeah, I, I'm with you. Like, maybe we're both just snobs. I, I think smooth gameplay is so important can i say one thing i'm sorry i know i'm extending this but it this is you know how the whole movie thing or the tv thing really bothers me from like your experiences what you would do that i would never Mm -hmm. do buka if you guys don't know buka he is a 
a coding god, and he's also a really good designer, okay? He's the guy that's, uh, between me and him, we're doing the extension for tooltips, and he's part of Layearth, or he started Layearth. He is amazing, okay? He plays a lot of Dota. He refuses to get a 120 hertz monitor, Cinder, and he is still on 60 hertz, and his reasoning oh. is because he he it's an ignorance is bliss argument where I don't know what I'm missing, and once I have it, I know I can never go back. I'm like, what's the argument? <laughs> I mean, I have to change all my monitors 120 hertz. Not just the one that you're playing is, games on. Buka. It's actually not that stupid. So here's the thing: if he keeps his 60 hertz monitor, he will enjoy the Steam Deck. <laughs> That's true. He's this was a long like 10 year con just so he could play the Steam Deck without feeling enraged. Beautiful. I mean, it's honestly, yeah. Isn't it? Isn't it like that with some things in life, though, Shannon? Like, if you just always eat the same mediocre burger and you never try the really fucking good stuff, then you're gonna keep enjoying your mediocre burger. But when you've had that really good one, the old one that you used to enjoy will just never be the same anymore, right? So maybe we shouldn't strive to get the really good stuff because then there's such a scarce scarcity of it that we. You miss out on thousands of games that you would have used to enjoy, and now they're just not good anymore because you've had the real shit, and there's just so little of it. Is that why don't, people play Dota? Don't and get no the other caviar. Games? Don't get the caviar. You know, man. I've never tried caviar. Don't maybe get it. One day, maybe one day, or maybe not. No, it's it's a terrible argument. I refuse to even discuss <laughs> this any further. So that it brings us lazy. to the end of I a very very long episode of i'm we not Say gonna Things. let you end the episode i'm gonna talk about nothing thank you so much for joining us everybody we appreciate your love and support cinderin goodbye please okay. watch the rest of the arcane series and don't walk out after 20 minutes like a degenerate thank you goodbye everybody subscribe we say things that don't mean anything but thanks for listening. Yeah.